As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Why can't I do well in real estate? Well, then I'm not smart or I don't have enough blah or blah, blah. That's not an empowering question versus what are other people doing who are achieving success that I can do better. Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate assets. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And it allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single family home portfolio. I got three single family homes and I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has, then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa, that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We got follow along Friday. Happy New Year. If you're listening to this episode, when we publish this episode, if you're listening to it like three months later, then well, hey, it's always nice to hear Happy New Year, whether or not it actually is or not. Puts a smile on your face, right? Today, we're doing Follow Along Friday. We've got Theo Hicks with us like we normally do. And the purpose of Follow Along Friday is to 
talk about things that we've noticed through our entrepreneurial journey in real estate that can be beneficial for you as a best ever listener. That's the whole point of doing Follow Along Friday. So today we're going to be talking about goal setting. Isn't that relevant with the new year? And if you're not listening to this episode around the new year, then that's fine. You don't have to wait until the calendar flips over to January to set a goal, right? It's all about setting it whenever you identify the goal and then tracking progress and optimizing along the way. So first off, Theo Hicks, Happy New Year. How you doing, my friend? Thanks, Joe. Happy New Year to you too. It's, it's great to be back on the podcast. I think we've taken two weeks off from following Friday, so it's good to be back. Good to see you. And looking forward to talking about goal setting today. Yep. Looking forward to it. And good to see you too. So here are three things that I've identified that can help you enhance your goal setting process. And the three things that I've identified, it's based on my experience setting goals. So to give you an idea of how I approach my goal setting, I do do it every calendar year just because it's convenient to do so. But last year I did a second half goal setting session. And I believe I spoke about that on one of our follow along Fridays where I set second half goals and just updated my status of all the goals that I had. So it was a good check-in. But what I do every year is I create a vision board and it's a three feet tall by four feet long poster that I put on my wall in my office And I also save that image. I put in a PowerPoint. That's where it is created. I save that as a JPEG so that I get it printed out at a local spot. It used to be Vistaprint, but the resolution on the images isn't good enough for Vistaprint. They changed something on their website. So now we get it printed locally. So anyway, I print out that poster on my wall. I then take that image. I save it as a JPEG. And then I use that image, the vision board, as my desktop background on my laptop. And then I use that same image. I save it as a picture on my phone. And then I use it as a wallpaper for my phone, both on the locked screen, as well as whenever I'm actually accessing apps or lo and behold, calling people on my phone. So it's constantly in front of my face is the point, constantly. And that is one of the suggestions I have is when you're doing goals, have them all around you all the time. Immerse yourself in them. So that's number one. Number two, this comes from when I was doing my vision board, I asked best ever listeners who are part of our Facebook community and the Facebook community is best ever, what is it? Besteverecommunity.com, right, Theo? Yeah, besteverecommunity.com. Yeah, besteverecommunity.com. So you can go there. It is our Facebook group. You can go join and join the conversation. I asked everyone on there, what is your mantra for 2019? And my mantra is, what can I do today to be better than yesterday? So my second thing is ask an empowering or a quality question. So ask a quality question And when you ask a quality question, as Tony Robbins says, you get quality answers. 
or you tend to get better answers than if you ask a poor question. Why can't I do well in real estate? Well, then I'm not smart or I don't have enough blah, or blah, blah. That's not an empowering question versus what are other people doing who are achieving success that I can do better? Well, that makes me think, okay, other people are networking more and building relationships or they have a thought leadership platform or they're underwriting deals better or whatever it is. So my quality question that is printed on my vision board that constantly will trigger something in my mind to think about how to improve is what can I do today to be better than yesterday? That also comes from a Jordan Peterson seminar I attended when he was touring in Cincinnati, where he talks about compete with yourself and focus on improving yourself better than yesterday versus how someone else is today. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's such a powerful thing to continually improve on yourself. And that's what I've noticed with this podcast too. Daily consistent action. So a daily freaking podcast every day. I don't know how many, 16, 1700 episodes, whatever we're at today. That has compounding results on my business. And I'm sure on your business too, Theo, the more you've participated in these episodes, the more you've been on stage, so to speak, on this podcast, had syndication school episodes, you've seen some traction from doing so. And then I'm telling you, my friend, and you probably know this, the more you do it, the more traction you'll receive and the more you'll benefit. So it's just that daily action, that daily stuff. And so I really want to focus this year on what can I do today that will make me better than yesterday. And that covers a variety of things from my physical body, from my mind, to personal development, to professional stuff, to relationship stuff, spiritual stuff, all that. So that's the second thing that I would suggest is to ask quality questions that will trigger your mind to think of ways to improve yourself on a consistent basis. And if you want to use the question I have on my vision board, then use that. You don't have to recreate the wheel. And the third thing I'll say, and then I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Theo, is when you create goals or a mantra, let's talk about a mantra. When you create a mantra for yourself, I remember attending a Rich Dad, Poor Dad seminar and they gave out wristbands and the wristband said, never fail, always succeed. People tend to have a mantra that they follow My suggestion to you is when you create a mantra, use positive, empowering words because the words that we surround ourselves with tend to be the emotions that we experience and the emotions that we experience tend to be the results that we achieve and quite frankly, the quality of life that we have. So when you have a mantra such as, never fail, only succeed, then the thought immediately goes to fail. Sure, never is in front of it, but still the word fail is incorporated in a mantra that you're living by. And my suggestion, and based on my experience, is to only include positive, empowering words in a mantra. And why I'm bringing this up is because when I posted in our Facebook group, 
what's your motto or phrase you're keeping top of mind for 2019, I saw a lot of people who had negative words in the phrase that they're keeping in mind in 2019. For example, never settle. That was one. Another is don't give up. Continue to make progress, however small it may be. Another that falls into this category is continuous progression, not immediate perfection. I like that one because you're focused more on the progression and done is better than perfect type thing. One good one is lead with love. I love that. Tamar Mar, props to you. I love her motto there. So what I noticed is there were some that had those negative words. And this also ties back to when I was in advertising, I attended a conference where a woman who worked with many presidents of the past, I don't remember which ones, she was a PR or a spokesperson for them. And she said one of the rules that she and her team had when addressing questions from the press was to never repeat a negative word. So if they would have said, why did the president raise the taxes and hurt these people? Or why did the president do something else? She would never repeat. Well, they didn't raise the taxes and hurt these people. She'd never say that. She would say, oh, well, they did such and such. And it would be an empowering thing that they did. Whether or not that was the right or wrong thing to do in terms of the actual policy move, that's not the point. The point is they would never repeat a negative word because the press is also fairly savvy in that they're looking for clicks and eyeballs on their stories. So they know if they can get that word repeated in a response, then that would help get more traction for their stories. And the same thing with what we do when we're thinking about our goals and our vision board and our mantras if we remove the negative words in there and we don't say that we're not going to do stuff, but instead we say we're going to do things, then it tends to lead to greater results because of the positive emotions and the positive feelings, as well as more progress because you're going towards things that are attracting you to them. So in summary, one, surround yourself with your vision board and your goals if you don't have a vision board, get one. Two, ask quality questions that trigger consistent daily improvement. And then three, use positive, empowering words when you're thinking through your mantras for 2019 and beyond. Yeah, those are three amazing tips. I'll kind of work backwards on my comments, starting from three, two to one. So for the positive word in your mantra and not using negative words, another spin on that. The cartoonist and persuasion expert Scott Adams always talks about that. And again, he's talking about this in the context of persuasion, but in reality, when you're setting your goals, you're essentially persuading yourself to actually do what you're setting out to do. So kind of same logic applies. But if you say to don't do something, like don't smoke cigarettes, for example, like I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes in the smoking cigarettes part. And so if you repeat yourself over and over again, don't smoke cigarettes, you're more likely to actually smoke the cigarettes as opposed to saying, I'm going to exercise It's kind of what you're going to do instead of what you're not going to do. One thing we don't do in our household is say, don't forget. We say, please remember. It's just a shift in wording. And that's something that low hanging fruit, if you want to Mm -hmm. practice this, just say, please remember instead of don't forget. And then that will trigger other things for 
what I suggest you say versus not say because of what you just said right there. Yep. Me and you were joking about this before, but I've been drinking a lot of pop lately. So instead of my goal being to stop drinking pop, my goal will be to drink more water. That's going to be my goal. So I'll get a vision board with a big glass of water on it and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, you have quite the ambitious 2019. (laughs) That ties into how we create habits. If you've read the book, The Power of Habit, I haven't read through all of it because I got the gist after the first couple chapters because Tony Robbins broke this down for me in seminars and YouTube videos I watched for free way before that book was published. And basically he says, and the book says, if you have a habit you want to break, you have to replace it with something else. You can't just remove it and then there's a void. You actually have to replace it. So I love how if you're looking to drink less soda, then you replace it with something else and Mm -hmm. there's water. That way you have something that fills that void once there is a void that's created. Another way, at least for me personally, when I've analyzed in the past how I've broken bad habits, doing it for the New Year is very helpful because you see a lot of posts right now saying how useless New Year's resolutions are. And I completely disagree. And the main reason why is because typically you've got your Christmas break and you're off for New Year's. And so you've got about seven days where you've completely halted whatever routine you had for the past 11 and a half months, technically, because you're not, because I mean, most people's routines are starting around work. So they've got their pre-work and their post-work stuff. But when you're off all day, then your routine completely goes away and you kind of just you don't do much or you get a new routine. But then when you're put back into work, you've got this opportunity to kind of have a blank slate instead of brand new routine from scratch. And yeah, you could possibly fall back into the old routine. But for me personally, it really helps when I halt an old routine for like a week or two. That way I can start completely fresh and be like, all right, what exactly do I want to do over the next month? And then each week, say I want to do four new things. Each week I'll introduce one new thing. So week one, I'll start drinking more water. Week two, I'll start working out more. Week four, I'll start doing something else. So it's like one of the main things that my main thought around why I actually like New Year's resolutions. Again, I understand why people don't like them, but this is just more of a personal opinion and things that I've seen from the past for me. I agree. I think the reason why people say New Year's resolutions are useless, if people do say that, is because generally people who have New Year's resolutions won't follow through with them. But it has nothing to do with the New Year's resolution. It has everything to do with that individual following or not following through with what they say they're going to do on an ongoing basis throughout life. So (laughs) the New Year's resolution just gets attached to the poor follow through of that individual, but it has nothing to do with the resolution. It has everything to do with how mm-hmm. that individual accomplishes or does not accomplish what they say they're going to do and what they're committed to doing if they are actually committed. So what I mentioned earlier, those three ways will be helpful. And mm-hmm. I, I love what you said with the cartoonist. That was from the Tim Ferriss interview, right? I've listened to his uh, periscopes and he talks about it a lot. Periscope's still around? Yeah, it is. Huh, okay. I've listened to a few of his periscopes in the past or like some of his tweets. Got and he's kind of broken down other people's tweets and saying how this is why it's very powerful persuasion because they focused on this word. And the only thing you can think about when you're basically painting a picture in your mind when you're saying something. So saying don't smoke cigarettes, the first thing you think about is smoking cigarettes. Yep. So I have two more comments I wanted to make, yeah, um, quick ones. So your second one about asking quality empowering questions so that your question is, what can I do today to be better than yesterday? I really like that question and you did offer that up to other people to use. I think they should because you've got your 12-month goal, your vision for the year. 
But if your secondary aspect of that is a mantra that is essentially you reviewing each day, figuring out what you did that made you better than the day before, you've kind of got both your basis as covers. You've got that grand vision for the year, but then also you've got it broken down to essentially every single day. So you can kind of even put a, a twist in the question saying, what did I do today that got me closer to my annual goal? Because overall, I really like the daily aspect of it. When I married Colleen at our wedding, I got up and I had a little speech. And the thing I talked about was when she and I are together a week from that time, when all the guests will have gone, cousins back to Michigan, Texas, California, all the activities have subsided and it's going to be us. And all the pageantry, which I didn't have a fancy wedding at all, but all the pageantry of getting married is gone. Then what? And my commitment to her at that time, and still is, is to every day treat it like it's the beginning and show her that I love her every day. And that is tied directly into what we're talking about today which is what can I do today to be better than yesterday? Because if there's that focus on just that daily stuff, that daily commitment, then 99% of the time it's going to be some powerful freaking stuff in your life across all aspects, all categories, whenever you just put your head down and just do simple things every single day. The only hard part about the daily action is at the end of the day, you're not going to see your massive results But as Joe mentioned, it's a long-term thing, but it's exponential. So at first, there's nothing for a long time. Then all of a sudden, it just explodes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just asking that question, if you forget about it, and then the next day, you're like, oh, man, uh, what did I learn yesterday? Just the exercise of thinking about what did you learn yesterday improves you from where you were. Just the exercise of like, oh, what did I learn? Let me think about yesterday. What takeaways can I have from yesterday? Even if you forget about it that day, then you're much better off than you were before. And then transitioning into the last point, point number one, you won't forget about it if it's on your vision board that's surrounded by you all the time. And I actually just put a really tiny TV up there. I bought a bigger one just for gaming. And so I'm going to make a vision board, buy an HDMI cord and kind of hook it up to my computer because I already have a screen here. I'll just put it on there and have my vision board on the TV. It's whatever. I'm in my office all day, <laughs> so oh, yeah. I'll see it all the time, and it'll be very easy to put it on my phone, but I don't really look at my phone that much, so it won't be as relevant, but definitely the, the TV, because I was thinking, I don't really have anywhere in my office to put it, but TV's perfect. Yep. So, so you're going to put it on as the, the backdrop on the TV itself, or are you like actually <laughs> taping yeah. it over the screen? No, no, no. I'll figure out a way to make it on the TV. It might mean making my desktop background the vision board and then plugging an HDMI cord and putting it up there. Oh, right, right, right. I feel like there's got to be a way to put it on there without having to hook it up to my laptop. Yeah. So I'll figure it out. Good stuff. I always enjoy these conversations around goals and kind of learning new ways to set goals. And I think those three tips are very powerful. And if you just do those and that's it, you'll definitely be way ahead of everyone else in 2019. And most importantly, you'll be way ahead of where you were. There you go. In, exactly. From 2018. And that's the key. There's fulfillment in progress. There's not a lot of fulfillment in maintenance. Great. So moving on to the trivia question. So it wasn't last week. I guess it was two or three weeks ago. We had a trivia question. And I think you asked me, was the population over 10,000? Is that what it was for the city? I don't remember. what I. Well, the answer was yes. So the question was, what is the city 
with the lowest crime rate. And I've never heard of this place before. Maybe you have, Joe, since you were in New York for a while. But it's called Lewisboro, New York. Mm, no, I haven't heard of it. It's got a population of about 12,000 people. And it had zero violent crime and 0.16 per 1,000 in property crime. Wow. All right. Well, so New York was the answer. New York was the answer, yeah. All right. Well, what are we giving away? Book? We are giving away. Volume one, right? Yep, yep. The best real estate investing advice ever, volume one copy. So Cool. Well, congrats to the winner there. New York, huh? What did I say? Do you remember? I don't remember now. No, I don't either. All right. It wasn't New York, though. I wouldn't have guessed Ohio. Ohio. No, I wouldn't have guessed Ohio. <laughs> so this week's question is going to be, what is the MSA, so the Metropolitan Statistical Area, the answer a city, so we'll just go a city, that had the largest population growth percentage-wise in 2017? So data is not out for 2018 yet. That'll probably come out around April or May. So for the year 2017, what city had the largest population growth percentage-wise? I'm going to go with Fort Worth. Okay. So if you reply to this YouTube video or send an email to info at Joe Fairless, first person to get that city correct will get their free copy of the best real estate investing advice ever book. I actually don't remember what the answer was. I don't have it on our outline. Oh, so then what's your guess? I'm actually not going to guess. I remember it now. Okay. <laughs> I can't guess. <laughs> the other thing is the best ever conference is next month. Yeah, next month. Next month, 22nd, 23rd, Denver, Colorado. And the podcast, we're going to continue to talk about the speakers that are there. And honestly, this is one of my favorite speakers from the first conference, at least the speaker that had the lasting impact on me. And that was Jeremy Roll of Roll Investment Group. He's actually a passive investor. So he essentially just passively invests in apartment syndications and in other real estate investments. And when I was listening to that, number one, he provided a lot of good links and resources to websites that talk about the economy and real estate and kind of just the world as a whole that I really appreciate and kind of gives me a different point of view than what you kind of read on the CNNs and Forbes and things like that. But also he, again, it's crazy how much I've changed since that first conference. I really didn't know anything about real estate. But I didn't understand how it is possible for someone who's not a massive hedge fund to be strictly a passive investor. So just Mm -hmm. kind of accumulate enough wealth that you're able to passively invest and live off of the interest. And that way, you've got a ton of time on your hands to pursue other interests. So that was one of the things that I came away with from his talk. So Jeremy Roll, Roll Investment Group, he's very knowledgeable. So if you do come to the conference and have an opportunity to talk to him one-on-one, I'd highly recommend doing that because he's very knowledgeable about a wide range of real estate investments just because he spends all day researching those to decide which to passively invest in. Cool. And then there's a code on the conference website. I believe it's take five, T-A-K-E, and the number five to get an additional 5% off and ticket prices go up weekly. So if you haven't got a ticket now, go grab one. And then lastly, to wrap up, we're going to do the review of the week. So if you've bought the book, the best ever apartment syndication book, and if you leave a review on Amazon and send us a screenshot at info at we will, one, provide you with a link to a bunch of additional apartment syndication goodies, as well as read your review on the podcast or follow on Friday. This review of the week came from Yenti vegan, I think is how you pronounce it. And they said, I really appreciate that Joe put this book out. 
my business partners and I treat this as our real estate investment Bible. We really can't believe that this guy divulged all this information. We absolutely love this book. Well, I'm glad you love it. And I've heard that a lot, how people are astonished at the level of detail that you and I provided in that book. And that was the whole point is just, here's how to do it. Here's a step-by-step process. And that was really focused on the how-to part of things. We wanted to get detailed because there was not anything and still is not anything out there that does this. So apartment syndication people or even passive investors would be a good book for you to have apartment syndication people and just people looking to raise capital. It's a necessary book to have. Well, enjoyed our conversation, Theo. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year, best ever listeners, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard. And it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best ever to get started. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.